we as our family sometimes can get caught up in what's next. Okay, I've accomplished this. Now let me spend a whole bunch of time thinking about, well, what's next? And I found over a lot of years of trial and error that that can rob me of the joy of the moment of being here because I'm always thinking about what's next. And that's allowed me to grow a whole lot. Some of that, that's not necessarily bad in all shapes and facets, but it is a cause for concern if it's not a healthy balance. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Brooks McDonald Show. I've got my beautiful wife Carrie Beth here with me today on this episode and we are just so um, excited to talk today about what we've been discussing for the last few days, which is being present and the challenge that that presents in everything that goes on today, especially in this technology age. And so we want to unpack that. If you're new to the show, we want to look through a Christ lens and through a Christian lens on these topics, um, and also just challenging ourselves to be the best person we can and to be successful and and moving forward. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, when we think about technology, where do we start, Carrie Beth? Well, or, or, or being present, where do we start? <laughs> exactly, took the words out of my mouth. So, obviously, to say the elephant in the room, which everyone knows in today's society. What is going to keep you from being present the most is what's in your pocket or your hand, which is a cell phone. Cell phones and technology are great. Um, We need them to work our businesses, to do all the things. But as we have found even more recently with raising, I say teenagers, one teenager, older kids, um, we we need to model that and we need to be... um, about teaching how to have a successful life in general. And it takes causes you to take a hard look at your own self as an adult and how present are you being with that? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a good point. I think about, especially for us, you know, with the teenager that has a phone and how we, um, it, sometimes we need to pull back on that and, and allowing them to have access to it just because their self-control is limited as far as how they they can control how they put their time into that device. And it's so glaringly obvious when I'm like so adamant that they need to be off of that device and I'm sitting there like, yeah, they don't need to be looking at it. Like when we watch a show, it's like I'm incapable of sitting there watching the show without looking at my device. And I'm like, no wonder why he's on his phone all the time. I I have a deep-rooted habit, or have had at least, a deep-rooted habit of for me being on a device. And and so I read this really cool, you know, quote that kind of prompted me in this discussion. And it says, chase real dopamine, sun, ice, sauna, Runs that get you high, workouts that hurt but feel like magic, slow walks at sunset, calm mornings in meditation, visualize, connect, create, sprint towards your future self, build what you wish existed, and refuse to spend your life on screens because you won't reach your potential if dopamine is always within reach. And that's kind of a scientific study around devices is that we get these small dopamine hits Every time we go next on the next reel or the next short or whatever, and it's reality of our life is impossible to compete 
with 20-second dopamine hits that you can sit and just find these things. And it, even more so, which is weird, is I used to be challenged where I'd go to the movies and watch a movie. Then I was like, ah, movies are kind of long, so I'd watch a show. Now I can't even sit through a show because I feel distracted because my brain and this habit is formed of me having to get dopamine hits faster. Is that crazy? Yeah. I mean, I think that's just our society in general. And okay, so we sit around and we say all these things and we go, yeah, we know they don't, the kids don't need to be on these or we don't need to be on these as much. And the weird thing about society right now is, or the time that we're living in right now is that we as a generation, we are 38 and 39, grew up without it. Right? We didn't grow up with a phone. We didn't, I didn't have a phone until I was in college to myself. And so we have the perspective of seeing what it's like to grow up without it, but we have children who have always grown up with it. So I think it's a very interesting our generation's approach to that and how can we like have a balance with that with us, with our children, with even our parents who now have them, y'all. This is a thing for yeah. all of society. And so I just think that. It's It starts at home, and unfortunately, whether you like it or not, it starts with what you're modeling and kind of your expectations for what you're, you know, the the time that your kids are allowed to have, be had, and really just talking to them, Bib, about why that is. I'm with you. Um, and so, yeah, I think about, yeah, parents, and, and I, I have this utopian dream that one day our kids are going to look back and like, yeah, you kind of grew up in the wild west of phones, like... I can't believe that you guys spent that much time on social media and how terrible that was. Like, I just I had this hope that it's like somebody talking about, you know, chemicals or children being in a coal mine, that you can't even imagine that being the case anymore. That's a positive spin on society. Some people have a negative spin on where it goes, and there's the movie. Oh, man. I, I can't remember the movie. It's with Luke Wilson, and he goes in a time machine and way into the future, and everybody's dumb when he comes out of it. The president's like the dumbest man you'll ever meet on earth, and uh, and just how stupid, like ignorant the whole society is. Um, so he's just like this normal dude, but they view him as like this philosopher uh, for what he did. And I mean, I can go so many ways with this, but there's this other piece we've talked about in past episodes before about how if kids don't learn how to be bored, kids will never dream up new things or the desire to do stuff in absence of boredom. And we, if we want the next Albert Einstein's, but there's kids that never have the chance to ponder these things because they're sitting here, like me to you, if I sat here and I'm talking to you on this, but I'm looking down at this, there's no engagement. I'm not fully in it. And so that's kind of where we've been a lot lately with especially summertime with kids being out, but just intentionally being more active outside on projects, creating uh, different things and, and working towards that. And then we think of it from a spiritual perspective. And if we're wanting to grow closer to our Lord and Savior, that's time. That just like any other relationship, it takes time and effort for us. And we were recently at a at a mastermind event in California where we really had a great takeaway. One, which a lot of great takeaways, but one being this adoration prayer process about how we spend time reading in God's Word and adoring the Lord and spending time praising and worshiping Him, worshiping Him in our words, and really making it a process. 
through a prayer flow. And what's the rest of that process? Do you remember? Like the steps of it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it is in the beginning, you are praising. So you're just like going through these verses about praising God for who he is. Um, And then you get to the part where you're doing proclamation. And so you're just proclaiming who God is. Part of that is also like your personal confession, right? Of like, where you feel like you need help, right? And then it goes on to Thanksgiving, and this is the cool part. So once you get to that part, you're thankful, thanking God for things He's actually already done in your life, right? In the present, what you already have. I will look around me at what I have when I'm doing that, and I'm like, hey, all of these things. And then there's this very cool thing that's like anointed questions, where you're actually taking time, and you're quiet, and you're present with the Lord, and you're asking Him over your situations, biblical verses where God says, ask me these things. Ask me how how I see you. Ask me what I want, you know, how I want you to pray for these situations. And that getting still in the quietness and being present is something that we don't have a very good habit of usually until you sit down and you do something like this. And then it ends up, you wrap it up um, with supplementation at the end, which is just some more um, scriptures to that. But just taking the time, again, it causes you to be extremely present. And so, if we're just have every hour accounted for in every minute, then we don't have time to do that. Yeah. No, that's really, really good. And I mean, as we talk about a lot, I mean, we don't want to be people that have lukewarm faith. As a Christian, if you're really driving towards that love of Christ, the word lukewarm is not a favorable discussion. And so, in order to do that, we got to draw deeper. But if we look at all of our mentors in Scripture, because they wrote these letters and books, they spent tons of time with the Lord. I'll think of King David or Solomon and some of those in the Old Testament, or especially Paul with so much of the New Testament, that he spent long hours speaking with the Lord, listening for the Lord, and trying to be sensitive to what the Lord was calling him to. And it's like an alien language. If I if you think about Somebody would be like, are you like a monk or something? Like who's who's got time to spend that much time pouring into into that? But if we look at scripture, you know, one that always comes to mind for me is draw near to God and he will draw near to you. And how do you draw near to God? That's in your time of prayer, of your praising him, of your worship time. All of those pieces are what's drawing you near to God. What other verses come? Oh, that was one of the ones that I wrote down and then I did uh, that where I am, there you will be also. And it's just that idea of God is there, the Holy Spirit is with you, but are you noticing? Are you in the present? Are you even looking? Are you taking time? Or are you, you know, on your phone or onto your, it did not even have to be a phone. It could be a to-do list, you know, that you're not taking the time to abide. And so I think this leads us to one of the stories we want to talk about, which is when we were, well, let's see, Blair was like a baby. So I'm going to say 2013, maybe 14. Irregardless, about 10 years ago, um, we went on a mission trip as young adults with some other young adults from our home church back in Memphis um, to the country of Panama. And we knew some people who were missionaries there, and we went for a week to do mission work. We were teaching English in the schools. We were digging, like, septic tanks, right? Yeah, and poopers. 
we did, I mean, our kids were young and baby, like one young one, one baby. And they were, we trust obviously our families who they were staying with, my parents. And we just didn't have phones. I mean, they didn't work. And so I can't imagine, that was 10 years ago. And so fast forward to now, if you didn't have that, I feel like we need to do it again. (laughs) But the point of this story is that the amount of presence that we, you're able to have when you do something like that. Yeah. Is so different. And when you go there, we were in a little fishing village called Fedayon, Panama. And that's how they say it. <laughs> that was great inflection. That's Anyways, continue on. <laughs> I could go on. But anyway, um, we would walk these sand streets, right? And and everyone's present. They're in hammocks, they're hanging out, they're smiling, they're talking, they know their neighbors as family. Yeah. Um, because they're present in their day. And it allowed us as Americans to be present with our group, with the kids, with the families we were serving. And we weren't really thinking about anything else. I never really thought about Like I knew my kids were safe and I missed them, but I wasn't thinking about anything else that I needed to do next. It was just a day by day, like my daily bread. Right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I mean... I could go, we could go down the rabbit hole of what are you doing when you're present? How are you using your time? Are you using it constructively? But even in this conversation, it's just getting us back to the present and walking with the Lord individually. Because there's another side to it to where, um, you know, we need to be creative. We need to think of ways that the Lord's calling us to do things and be active. It, there's a future moment ahead of us at each moment, but I can get caught up in, we as our family sometimes can get caught up in what's next. Okay, I've accomplished this. Now let me spend a whole bunch of time thinking about, well, what's next? And I've found over a lot of years of trial and error that that can rob me of the joy of the moment of being here because I'm always thinking about what's next. And that's allowed me to grow a whole lot. Some of that, that's not necessarily bad in all shapes and facets, but it is a cause for concern if it's not a healthy balance. And I think that some of it's just time management maybe to where you're spending time exploring this piece, but you can't let it be all consuming about a future potential. Because I'm telling you guys, I'm so good at thinking about the future and what can happen that I literally can dream up a fictitious experience. And then I start to not like my current experience because it's not where the fictitious experience is. If that makes sense, but I think actually a lot of people do that. They and and honestly, uh, stuck in social media and sucked in only encourages that because you're watching the best life of people put on there. Which I we post here, you're seeing some of this, you know, on social media. But you can't allow that to allow that to be where you get FOMO of other people's lives, and you're not enjoying where that is. And it's funny, like. We talked in other episodes. There's so many people I know that it's not in stuff. It's it's truly in just presence and and maximizing. And what I, I always love also like engineering time the best way. So like points hacking on credit cards to give you freedom for trips, or as we've talked about trips with RVs or mileage for pl- for flights. All those pieces are ways that you can be creative, but at some point you just got to be in today. I think so many people don't want to face the challenge of the day. I even can get to where y'all that I just don't want to do the task at hand. So I'm procrastinating at just stepping into what I need to do today. 
but the faster that we can get present in physical stuff, like what that post said, that's what I loved is just that it's outside. Real dopamine, sun, ice, sauna. Um, I'm just going to, I'm going to get that ice. I'm going yeah. to get that ice <laughs> bath, hun. It's happening. <laughs> uh, but yeah, go ahead. And I just think, you know, as we sit here and we go, I think everybody has a calling, right? So you're you're looking on social media. We all do it. We're not sitting here saying, this is what other people do. We don't do this, Right. Everybody does it, but you know, we just have a different mind right now because we have teens, right? And they don't even have social media. That's a whole other soapbox. But looking at what everybody else is doing does make you say, oh, we should do that. Or like, you need to be doing what everybody else is doing. If you have not been around us long enough to know, we're not about doing what everybody else is doing. In fact, I'm usually about doing different things than what everybody else is doing. But all that to say is, you were created for a purpose. Your children were created for a purpose. And you being present helps you feel and know maybe what that purpose is or gives you time to figure out maybe what you don't like doing, right? Um, and so I think it's a, it's definitely, you were talking about time management earlier in time. And so what does that look like when you go, okay, well, how do I dream about the future? And how do I make plans? Because we're goal people. And how do I make all these things happen, but then also be present? I think it looks a little bit like this. I think it looks like, hey, these are my times, like, I'm picking my kids up at this time. And I'm going to be super present with them. We're going to do dinner and we're going to do activities and we're going to do these things. And I'm just going to be in the moment with them, right? Or like, hey, this is our time. We're going to lunch together or we're going to go on a walk together this morning. Like, this is what we're going to, we're going to be in this. Um, but then, then you can have your times and you can look and you can go, okay, where are we heading? But I think it's like super intentional, even like times of the day where you are like looking around you at where you are and how you could be present in that. Yeah. Yeah. There's a book that I'm reading right now called um, 10X Instead of 2X, I believe. I might be... Uh, let's see, 10x is easier than 2x. And there's a lot of like aha moments, but it talks about, I always say time is my ultimate commodity. They challenge not just time, but your attention. Your attention is your ultimate commodity. It's limited. So where are you putting your attention? And we're challenging that to be in present moment. But it tells a story of Michelangelo in the book and how Michelangelo, first of all, some of his early work, he was, he really broke out at like age 21. And before 21, he had to get really good at what he did. And one thing that people done, I didn't know about Michelangelo was that um, he had to study human anatomy so much in order to be able to know how intricate muscles work in the human. And he said, in order for me to be able to display what's on the outside, I need to see what's on the inside that causes the outside to look like it does. So it was a crime punishable by death if you were caught stealing corpses, but somehow he was able to go into where the um, impoverished individuals are were at one of these church hospitals and access cadavers. He would sneak in and amputate or, you know, do like <laughs> do uh, explore, exploration on human anatomy so detailed because when it comes to, if you see his work then you go to Rome or any of those places where his work is at, it's so detailed, but he knew it because he knew anatomy better than a lot of doctors did. It was bizarre. And this is like he was 19 years old. That's kind of creepy to think of a 19-year-old cutting up bodies at nighttime. But he was like in it. He he wanted to know his craft the best. 
in the best that he could could be at it. And if he didn't, he couldn't have done the works that we know today. And that he, at the time, got paid obscene amount of money for, for really coming from nothing uh, before before that time. And so that's a, a weird segue piece. But I just think of, if he had social media, would there ever have been a Michelangelo? Because he wasn't exploring how to do this art that he learns really, really well and to really pour into it. I mean, my, our personal challenge is we'd love to know Spanish, but have we taken the time to really pour into the lessons? You, nobody, nobody's coming for you. Mel Robbins statement, nobody's coming for you. Nobody's going to do it. it. You get out of high school and you're like, okay, well now what? It's up to you. And again, imposter syndrome and everything else that the Lord does not want you to have keeps you from accomplishing these great things, but it's in your daily moments. It's in those 365 days a year that you have to accomplish it. And some people are really, really, really good at it. And Mallette even talks about how he's got three days in a day. Um, that's it's 6 a.m. to 12 p.m., 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. and then 6 p.m. to midnight, and that he can accomplish what you can do in a day in three days. Um, there's some funny memes about him doing that and what substances could he be on, but I, I, he's just, I, you know, we've been around the guy enough. He's just high on life. He is driven uh, to accomplish things. But some of that isn't always drive to do something bigger. It's just being present and being at peace and and being content that's easy for me to say. I know some of you listeners are like, oh, Brooks is talking about contentment because of what we've been through. But hey, uh, the the worst addicts in the world are the best teachers. And the wisdom that I've learned out of things that where I've gone to try to chase what that is, it was there with you all along. So let's talk about this. So we can sit here all day long and and people do, you know, and say, well, if they if we just didn't have technology back then, we didn't have to deal with that. Or would that have happened if they had social media or whatever? Like we know that. But here's the deal. It's not going away. Okay. And so what are some practical things that you can do to make sure that you are being present, right? So like we're not just gonna go, well, we don't have phones or computers or like jobs or calls that we have to do anymore, right? But I think it's intentionality, just as we speak about on so many things. What are you being intentional about? So let's talk about a couple of things that can cause you to become present. There's those things that Brooks was talking about, about chasing real dopamine. But there are also, I got this from Ed too, so just shout out to Ed on this podcast. He talks about how you can literally walk outside into nature, look at a tree and pick out one specific leaf on that tree and just sit there and look at it and cause yourself to be in that moment so deeply that you are looking at the intricate design of that. And if you're a person of faith like we are, you go, okay, if God can make this leaf what it needs to be, how much greater did He make us for our purpose? Okay, so that is like the most simple thing you can walk outside right now, okay, and take yourself into the present moment, get off the screen, get out of whatever's in your head and go out and do that, okay? So that is um, one way that you can be practical to do that. Maybe plan some phone-free time. So, okay, let's dumb it down to like what we do for our children, okay? So like you, uh, we tell Brody all the time, who is our 13-year-old, if you don't know, that we, uh, parents have to parent their self, okay? And so what we do for him is 
we'll say like, okay, you have from this time to this time. Now for him, it would be much like an adult having things they have to get done. Okay, well, you come home and you've got homework or you've got practice at this time. Okay, well, we're going to have all these other times. And then for this amount of time, that's a, a, a smaller window of time, you may have your free time on technology. And so setting up phone-free time, not just for your kids, y'all. I'm not talking just for your kids. For you, where's your phone-free time that you're just with your family or you're working, creating a project that you want to have time to work at, okay? So No, I I just, it's funny because we go back to, there was so much of our lives where we didn't have a phone because it was like, oh, if I go walking, I I need the phone in case of emergency. How much did people go walking and there wasn't, I mean, they're, Depending on where you live, I, I can understand that. But like for us, I can leave my phone and I can go on a long walk and come back. Like even just earlier today, it was 15 minutes that I left my phone when I was getting ready and I just left it in there and went and then came back to it. And nothing pressing, the world had not ended. And it's like, wow, practicing separation from this because y'all, Satan is all over this and wanting to, to get you because if anything, he can capture you to keep you away from the one he wants you away from, ultimately the Lord, but your family and your relationships. And it's just, and and then I see how I'm parenting my kid and how he's learning from my behaviors too, which hits you in the face when you see that take shape. I do that a lot. Leave my phone and Brooks loves it a lot, don't you? No, I don't. <laughs> That's true. If I do need to get her, I, it's impossible. I truly thought the other day, y'all, that I would have like a just put in a house phone that rings a bunch of places in the house. So it's like, actually, house phone may be a better route for us, um, you know, to be able to get a hold of somebody. That would be so hilarious. Like if you have like a busy signal and it. everything. Um, hey, I, th- I don't think it's really hard. We, next episode, we may have a house phone. We'll show you. Yeah. But either <laughs> way, thank you for being a part of us. Thank you for uh, taking the time to watch this. Please like and share. We appreciate you being here. Have a great day. Have a great day.